That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Got another dude! Hey! What's better than this? Guys being dudes. Dudes to the right. Dudes to the left. Stuck in the middle with you. Got another dude! Heisman Trophy. Bronco Nagurski Award. Ultimate dudes. Got another dude! O-line you. Bunch of dudes. A lot of dudes. Yeah! Another dude in the house! Welcome back to A Lot of Dudes, Season 1, Episode 2, presented by 4th and Dude. We have a loaded episode for you today as the Eagles are flying high, coming off a big road win versus the Northern Illinois Huskies last Friday night. We'll spend the uh, the first half of the, of the podcast recapping the W and taking an inventory of all the bad takes and uh, misinformation we gave you last week and spend the second half of the episode getting you ready for Wake Forest. Uh, Dude or Poot is backed by popular demand, along with the rest of our segments. Um, I'll tell you what, my, my memory of the game is a little hazy. Um, you had kind of a perfect storm of you had the early Labor Day dismissal. You had the 9.30 start time. I had some pregame nerves that were uh, that helped me out, helped out by alcohol a little bit, combined with the open bar. So, uh, Matt, why don't you take this one away? Yeah, that's a real tough guy comment from you there, but I guess I appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, two ads I dr- before I drink. we get started here. Yeah, and I guess everyone knows that. Two ads before we get started. Uh, similar to last week, this week's episode is brought to you by 4th and Dude, 4th and Dude.blogspot.com. Uh, definitely want to get those page views up. Our, uh, you know, studio is not going to pay for itself. Uh, also brought to you by Bus Productions. A little bit of a throwback. Uh, small company founded out of Birmingham, Alabama, uh, also known as the managers to rap superstar Taib Ali. Uh, and they sell t-shirts too. So busproductions.com, check them out. And, uh, and tell you and what. Thank you for their support. Building off a lot of momentum from last episode, um, we got a lot of pretty goods, um, which is which is certainly exciting. Um, a lot of people said you say uh, a lot, so we're going to try to cut down on that, but no promises because it's no of sub- subconscious things. Um, so we'll see. Oh, so there it is. We'll see what yeah, we did that. All right. Yeah, so why don't, you, why don't you take it away from here? Let's just jump into that. Let's just jump into that. So uh, again, we start every every episode with scenes from last week, just to kind of recap. Uh, what happened over the past week and, and where we uh, where we are today. So like uh, Matt mentioned, it was a 23 to 20 nail biter win, uh, but a win is a win and we are undefeated 1-0 for the first time in at least a few years. Uh, Daz gave us this great quote in the press conference afterwards. The great thing about being 1-0 is you have the chance to go 2-0, which I think is just spot on. That's the kind of the mindset we have. We are on the road to 10-2, and but we're not going to worry about all 10 wins at once. We're just going to take it one game at a time. Uh, I think I think the, uh, the the recap that I want to touch on is the uh, Dewey's Pub recap, which is where the official uh, New York City alumni game watch was. Let me just say it was a huge hit. I had an awesome time. I think everyone had an awesome time. Uh, no tables were available 45 minutes before kickoff. Great atmosphere all night. They clearly went all out. They had you know jerseys all over the wall and all the good stuff, and it uh, and it definitely showed. Um, any any comments from you there on on uh, how Dewey's went? Yeah, I'll tell you, the parts I remember were, were phenomenal. Um, yeah, there was beer pong being Again, that's played. Cool. That was cool. That was cool. <laughs> I just, I, I want everyone to know that I had um, a lot of t- a lot of uh, alcohol um, prior yep. to and during. Um, but tell you what, the highlight of the night for me um, was, was Caleb from The Bachelor being there. 
Sure uh, was. I'll tell you what. Where was she from? Juan, Juan Pablo's season? I, I don't uh, No, 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 no. Not Juan Pablo. Ben? Uh, I, don't, I don't... One of the... No, it was later. It was later. Maybe it was boring Ben. I think it was boring Ben. It might yeah. have been Juan Pablo. She made the top three. Ah, oh, it was Ben. You're... It was not Juan Pablo. All right. Well, anyway, she okay. looked great. Anyways. That's a big get for Dewey, so uh, um, good for them. Uh, t- tell you what, when we walked in there, it felt like everyone kind of knew who we were. Everyone, everyone was, you know, had been who was looking. People were talking. They were like, "That's that's fourth and dude. That's those are a lot of dude guys." Um, so that's you know that's huge there. What was that, Matt? Oh, just a cold one. Thanks for noticing. Uh, um, want to give a quick shout yeah, out? Yeah, go ahead, Matt. On the Dewey's Pub to the uh, Courtyard Marriott for their Wi-Fi. Uh, that allowed us to tweet. The service wasn't great in Dewey's, uh, so the Wi-Fi allowed us to tweet. Gained about ten followers. Uh, speaking of followers, fourth and dude at twitter.com. Uh, we, we have a couple qualms with some of you listeners out there, potential listeners out there, uh, had a lot of good tweet interactions, but not hundred percent follow rate from those interactions. So that's something that we're going to follow up with everyone individually on, but uh, the, uh, just shout out to the Wi-Fi. The, the, the Twitter handle got a, a little out of hand for me, at least it's very difficult no, and, and a yeah. lot of respect to people that can do this, but it's very difficult to live tweet and also focus on the game and also make sure that, um, you know, you have sufficient, um, beverages. Um, I'm going so there. of- to stop you there because that's a little bit of a spoiler alert for something coming up later in the show. So why don't we, uh, why don't we keep rolling on to the actual football here? Oh, do you uh, want to talk about the, um, the, the quarterback that started? Um, yeah, you know what, it, Matt? You, so, it was your breakout dude of the, of the year, right? So why don't you, why don't yeah. you take this one? Yeah, I'll, I'll take this one. I, I think, you know, you're giving yourself too much credit because I think we both put all of our eggs in the Wade basket. Uh, you had a post about it. He was my breakout dude of the week. I thought, I think we both thought he was a absolute lock to start. And sure enough, you know, 30 minutes before game time, we see the tweet from the field saying uh, that Brown's taking the refs with the one. So we felt pretty stupid. And honestly, it's a, a tough start for our podcast and blog career uh, to be so wrong on our first, you know, bold prediction. But, uh, you know, hey, no, no news is bad news. And, and maybe we can get our name out there by being the blog that is, you know, 100 percent wrong about everything important. Football. <laughs> we were so wrong about everything. And it's funny in, in hindsight. Uh, it was it was almost obvious that it was gonna be it was gonna be Brown, um, you know between Adazio, pretty he treats Wade like he's the the redheaded stepchild. Never talks about him in press conferences. He's always been very high on on uh, on Brown. Um, I did a little investigative journalism. I looked at at Wade's Twitter feed. Uh, he was pretty quiet after August twenty fourth after he'd been pretty vocal um, up to that point. Uh, so once we started hearing the rumors that it was gonna be Brown. It was uh, it was obvious, and we should have been there. And we, you know, hand off. That's on us. Apologize for that. But um, tell you what, Brown got off to a. Uh, I was going to say good start. Could have been a good start. Uh, you know, he, he had a, his first pass of his BC career. Hit Mike Walker, forty yard pass would have been hit him right in the hands. Um, that, I'll give Mike a pass for that. He had a good game otherwise. But man, that got me going right there. Yeah, and I, I think I think honestly, I mean, I was saying this at the time, but if, if that ball is complete, I mean, it was a great play by the NIU defender. I don't, I don't think it was any fault of, of Walker, to be honest. But if that's complete, I mean, think about how much differently we feel about we won by uh, thirty. Not only Brown's game, and yeah, how the game goes itself. I mean, that was humongous. And I think you know, starting any drive off with your rookie quarterback connecting on a forty yard pass. I mean, that just Changes the mindset of the team, changes the mindset of the fans, whatever. So um, I think that was disappointing. But if you take a step back and actually look at, you know, the performance uh, overall, he finished 26 for 42, 62% for 191 yards. Last year, Tolls, uh, our you know friend of the program, only had a higher completion percentage twice. That was against Georgia Tech and UConn. But he never threw more than 34 times. 
which, you know, I think is, and we'll touch on it in a bit, but, but Daz definitely let the reins off the offense a little bit here, which was exciting to watch. Uh, he had that one pick that I didn't think was, you know, a, a horrible mistake. I mean, he definitely forced it a little bit, but it was just a short, you know, 10 yard out trying, I think it was on a third down trying to get the stick. So, uh, give him a pass on that. And then again, I think as we'll, as we'll touch on it a bit, that drive before halftime was tremendous, not only from a, you know, play calling coaching perspective, but, but Brown was, you know, tremendously composed under pressure, which is, uh, you know, what you want to see out of your, uh, out of your quarterback here. Yeah, just going back to that interception, I mean, you could just feel all the air being taken out of the bar right when that happened. I mean, this is this is our first impression of, of Brown. He threw it slightly behind Sweeney. Um, you know, it wasn't, wasn't egregious, certainly, but it wasn't a great pass. Um, and, you know, I'm a Wade guy. You're a Wade guy. I, I hate to second-guess second Daz already out of the gate, but I was, part of me was thinking, uh, what's what's going to happen here? He's a freshman on the road. Yeah, yeah and I think we, I think our, our a lot of our you know reason for wanting Wade is we said we want someone who's you know not going to give the game away. So certainly was disheartening, but obviously I think he bounced back from it pretty well. Um, and then just you know looking at the rest of the offense throughout the throughout the night, three thirty nine total yards, very middle of the road compared to last year. Um, I think it would have been sixth most if you you know put it in the uh, in the game logs of last year, but. Much better on, on third down, which is not hard to do. We were nine for 24, 38%. Uh, in the NCAA, that would have put, a, put us around 70 uh, in the 2016 ranks, but we finished second to last last year at 24%. So certainly a welcome change there. But I, th- I, think, the, I think the big news of the night, honestly, was the 92 plays that we put up. Uh, that's crazy high tempo for, obviously, BC standards, but just for general NCAA standards as well. Uh, last year, for example, the highest tempo team was Baylor. Uh, and they averaged around 89 plays per game. So, we, you know, we beat them, obviously, in the number one game in terms of tempo. Most we've had since joining the ACC in the past decade. We've only had five other games running over 80. Uh, and, again, just to compare uh, to last year, we ran 68 plays on average, which was almost a nice number, but just one play short, uh, which would have been which would have been cool. That's a, it's a fair point. Uh, sometimes I question quality over quantity. Um, not, not that I'm complaining. You know, it's, it's much more watchable. Daz was complaining post game, and you know he wanted to hit that 100 play mark. He said if it wasn't for a couple uh, three and outs in the in the fourth quarter, he would have hit it. But when you're uh, when you're averaging three yards a carry, uh, you know they had fit in 50 carries, 148 yards. Um, Hillman is just a, a complete bottleneck. Uh, there wasn't, you know, Brown was okay in the passing game, but not enough to overwhelm uh, that That's three good. yard a carry average. So. I, I think it's good. I just I think it's almost. It, it, I don't know how well it's suited for for this team. Yeah, unfortunately, we'll find out. Because you need you need a line that's going to be able to to sort of bat down the hatches and and be physical every play and and you know hopefully that their conditioning is what it needs. But they, I mean, the line didn't impress me and, and everything sort of stems off of that. So yeah, that's, no, that's my I, concern. I, and I agree. And I agree with you on the line. I think that you know in the offseason, Daz kind of promised a, a more. Uh, high-powered offense, and I will give him credit. He delivered in the sense that uh, this was not just, you know, dive-dive, play-action-pass, punt. So, you know, it was a more exciting offense than definitely what we've been used to in the last two years. Uh, you know, I'm not going to say it's Tyler Murphy level, but uh, overall I'm not going to complain about about more fun football. Just a couple other notable performances I wanted to touch on here uh, in, the, uh, in the first game. Really impressed with Kobe White, Kobe Beef, uh, six catches for 76 yards. Uh, he had that awesome, I think it was a 15-yard, you know, leaping catch on that on that halftime drive. All the reports are, at, you know, out of camp were that he and Brown had awesome chemistry, and I think it definitely showed here. So he's uh, one to watch where the freshman, pretty explosive. 
Uh, Michael Walker still consistent, obviously the touchdown catch. Thad Smith was really the only explosive thing we had going in the backfield. He had nine yards per carry. And I think, you know, like you said, Hillman was clearly the workhorse, but uh, three yards per carry is. Would you call him a workhorse? I don't think he's the workhorse that he took. Well, he took 50% of the carries, but, you know, if you, and, and you look at that three yards per carry, he had one breakout for 17. So if you eliminate that, I mean, he's talking, you know, around two yards per carry. I'm not a math major, but we need him back in 2015 form. Wow. You know, like he looked against USC if we want to get to uh, where we want our running game to get to. I, I mean, I, I quite frankly think that. I don't know if it's an injury. I don't know if it's mental. I don't know what it is, but he's not the 2015 Hillman, um, and it's time. I'm ready for a change already. And that's just one – you can't read into one game, but I'm reading into one game plus all of last season. He's not the same guy he was when he was the ACC offensive freshman of the year, whatever yeah. it was. Yeah, it, would have been, it would have been 2014. I'm sorry. Yeah, 2014. 2014. Was, he was hurt, right? right? Yeah, exactly. Right, and last year he was garbage. Um I don't know. They have other backs. It's time to test out, you know, AJ Dillon, see what he's got. He looked good in, in limited time. I think he had something like five carries, probably averaged four or five yards a carry. He was more effective than, than Hillman. Um, a lot of this does go back to the offensive line. Um, they, they frankly just, they, they weren't ready for, <laughs> for Northern Illinois, which, which makes, makes me certainly concerned about um, our future opponents here. Yeah. Especially, no, I... especially Wake Forest, but uh, more on that later. More on uh, that later. That's a teaser. But but overall, uh, I mean, the passing game, thrilled with that. Uh, we haven't seen that in a long time since even the Reddick days, honestly, probably, and, and, and beyond. I think Brown's got all sorts of potential. Uh, Kobe White reached up and, and grabbed a, a great catch, converted a, a huge third down. Walker's got some speed. Love seeing Thad Smith back. He, he disappeared. I, I don't think he, he did anything last year um, after being there. Their, Leading receiver in 2015 with about 70 yards. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's I don't think that's much of a challenge, but yeah, but uh, someone had to do it. Yeah, but but it's a different Boston College identity than than what we've seen in years past. You get some skill players, you get some people that can break open the game. Uh, it's just a matter of fine tuning that, and and you know, hopefully they'll build on uh, sneaking out of sneaking out of there with a win. But tell you what, that end of first half touchdown drive. I mean, that's the story of the game. They don't they don't win yeah, the game no, without absolutely. that probably. I mean. You have Daz, who was ultra conservative guy. What would kneel it down with three minutes to go? And I think a lot of it speaks to his his faith in uh, in Brown. I don't think he he does that with with any other quarterbacks. Uh, certainly not with with any of the the ones on the roster currently. Um, it was it was great to see and 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 give credit to Brown for for leading that charge. It was uh, you know what six or seven plays. I, I forget the yeah six plays. Like Six plays, fifty yards in, in just over a minute. I mean, I think I think it's you know it's it's awesome to have that weapon in our back pocket. There have been so many uh, you know games in the past that that I think as fans we've watched and said, you know, if they've gotten the ball down with with two or three minutes, you said it's over, and we we just you know had no confidence that they could do it. So seeing that we that we have this you know potentially in our back pocket, I think will you know uh, at worst give us hope, and at best actually you know allow us to win some games. So. Do you remember that stat they showed on the screen? I, I don't remember, but I remember it was ridiculous. It's so something like uh, Coach Adazio is is O in forty one. It wasn't that it wasn't that big, but yeah, it was, was O in forty one in games when trailing yep. at halftime. Yeah, he does not was, know how to. It was come almost back. like he, he saw that. To do that. It's almost like he saw that. It was like you know what? Let's air it out a little bit. So I was. That if was that's great what it takes. Say. If that's what it takes, I will. Uh, I'll not complain. So that was that was fun to watch. And I think on the defensive side of the ball. Well, hold on, hold on. Let's take a yeah, let's take more? a quick inventory of. Some of your predictions from last episode. Um, we'll call <laughs> you them the, the, the down. Okay. Yeah, you're the cools. Uh, the four cold hard facts. We'll call them. Sure. Uh, all right. So Wade is starting and is my breakout dude for the year. Wrong. 
which I thought was wrong. If I can't pick Wade as my starting dude, Tommy Sweeney is my breakout dude. Wrong. He, he was he had zero catches for zero yards. He did get targeted on on Brown's pick, so you can feel good about that. Um, oh, and this, this is my favorite. Yeah, I'm not worried about the line. We're uh, you know 300 pounds plus. We're back to being O line you. Wrong. Yeah, it was. That you know was what? Dead I'll, wrong. Let me say this: if I had if I had you know four hours to re-listen to our show seven times, and I appreciate you for the <laughs> listens. I have a feeling there's some stuff I could uh, I could grab from you on the cutting room floor as well. But uh, and then, we'll, and then leave it at, we'll leave it at that for now. Oh, there's one more. Yeah. And I don't know what to make of this. You said the D will be what it is. That's a direct quote. I don't know what that that's means. Fine. I think that's. I think that's. I think I stand by that. I, I think, think it I was a safe that. comment because I think you can't be wrong because it's just nonsense. But with that, why don't you dive into the defensive recap? It, it, it is a nice segue. I think. I think they were slightly underwhelming. I think they were not obviously what they were in in 2015 or 2016, which you know I think was somewhat expected. Uh, gave up 367 total yards to a MAC team, uh, which outgained us, which is disappointing. But that's middle of the road compared to what we gave up last year. Um, again, that's disappointing coming from a Mac compared to, you know, full ACC schedule. Our third down D was tremendous. We were two for 15, 13%, which is, you know, obviously you can't extrapolate to a full season, but it's twice as good as well. You know, we put up as a number one third down D last year, we were around 26%. Um, So that was impressive. I think we had one third down that we had a stupid penalty early on in the game that I think led to a touchdown, which is disappointing. But uh, I would say overall, it did feel like a disappointing showing from the D, especially the line zero sacks, zero hurries, only two tackles for loss. I mean, you know, where was Landry? Only three solo tackles, one pass deflection. Uh, I think we both thought coming into this game that our defensive line, if, you know, if anything, was going to eat up a, a Mac offensive line, and that was just not even going to be an issue. Um, but, you know, that wasn't necessarily the case. You look at the stats for Northern Illinois, they averaged 4.7 yards per carry versus our 3.0. Uh, some of that is inflated uh, on that 60-yard ridiculous run that the, right. the quarterback had. More on that later. <laughs> um, but, you know, you look at the leading tacklers in this game, and it's it's Will Allen, it's uh, it's Yidem, it's, it's, it's Cam Moore. You know, your D-back shouldn't be leading the team in tackles in my mind, um, and I think that's that's a big reason why. Our, our guys didn't shut it down up front. You couldn't get pressure up the middle, and as a result, they would get to that second, third level, um, which, again, you're playing Northern Illinois. We thought, you know, we predicted that both lines would overpower the uh, the opponent, the, the opposing lines, and it didn't happen on either side of the ball. So I'm, I'm, I'm certainly concerned. Uh, the front four in particular were quiet, concerned about uh, Max Richardson in the middle. Uh, you know, I did think Strahan played okay. Uh, he had that huge stop on on fourth down in the fourth quarter, uh, which was which was huge, but just very very underwhelming overall uh, from our defense, which is uh, concerning going forward. Yeah, I will say the the one place where I will give you know some credit, and really just because I don't understand what this number means, but Pro Football Focus gave Landry a score of ninety four point eight eight. Uh, he was the highest ranked ACC player of the weekend. Again, no idea what that means because he only had three solo tackles, one pass deflection, no sacks, no hurries, no tackles for loss. Uh, so no idea where that stat is coming from. Is that like it has using. to be? It has to be based on like somehow quantifying that they ran it away from him because otherwise, I, mean, I guess, yeah, yeah. I don't know how, how, how you give him that number, but I guess. And again, you know, I think we we have obviously thrown the caveat out that we were in a loud bar and you know not necessarily in our best mental state. So for the sake of maybe there were some things going on that we missed, but uh, not sure how they came up with it. Happy with it if that's how well you actually played, and I take some of my criticism back. But uh, it is what it is. And the only other thing to add is just a nice pick by Lucas Dennis. Uh, would like to see more turnovers out of that unit against again a MAC offense, like we've said, but. Uh, hopefully those will come in time. 
my overall thoughts on the game, and, and I think you agree, but obviously chime in where you don't. I think it was just a very average performance on both sides of the ball. Both the yards gained and allowed were, you know, statistically average. Um, a lot of potential in the offense. I like what I saw from Brown in the high tempo, but definitely not, you know, where we need to be to be competing at a high level in the ACC. And then obviously the D, I think, specifically the D line, we, we really need them to step up. So um, it's definitely some things to be excited about, but a lot I think that we need to work on, especially as we go into the ACC next week. I think that, that looking at it overall, you have to be very pleased with the offense, despite the line play. Um, we have a passing game for the first time in a long time. If you if you have any faith in the line, the running game, which I do, I think we have too much talent back there to just be, you know, kind of bottled up all season. I think that will come out eventually once they, you know, figure out the kinks, figure out what combination of offensive linemen work back there. Uh, Marcel Lazard, the the West Virginia transfer, was brutal. They took him out in the second quarter, I think, and threw a, a sophomore in there. I mean, they got to figure it out, obviously. Um, but pleased with the passing game. Um, if you combine that passing game with the defense that this defense has the potential to be, we're going to win a lot of football games. Uh, if that defense is what it is, if that's our team, then we're in trouble because we're going to play a lot of close games because we can't, I mean, frankly, we, we're not going to win. <laughs> we're not going to win the, the high-scoring uh, you know, affairs that – you, you see, and we'll, we'll see some high-powered offenses here just looking at, you know, what Virginia Tech did and, and some of the other teams here. So um, special teams was great. Very happy with Hang that on, so no far. Hang on, no spoiler. That's, that's actually a really nice segue into uh, into you can't reserve. Week. You can't reserve all of them. I can. I have I have a couple. So this is my well, – I have one. I have one dude of the week unless you want to get something in before I get to dude of the week. No, I just, just do it. Okay. So my dude of the week, uh, as Matt set up so nicely there, is Colton Lichtenberg. Uh, three for three on field goals, 32-yarder, 42-yarder, and the game winner for 37 with two minutes left. Also two for two on the extra points. Similar to having that uh, you know, threat before the half, it's, it's really nice to finally have, at least for one game, consistency in the kicking game. That's been something that we've been sorely lacking since, uh, since the Iceman they freeze left campus uh, and just completely changes the way that we manage games. I mean, you saw it in Ireland last year where Daz was – you know, going for him fourth down from the 20 yard line because he was afraid to let someone kick it. So, uh, due to the week, Colton Lichtenberg for me. Uh, did you see, uh, did really you see Daz's post game presser? Someone asked him straight up, Oh, hey, so you went with Lichtenberg on the, uh, on the field goals. Has he been, you know, just lights out in practice? Has he been consistent in practice? And Daz goes, No, actually, he's been very inconsistent in, uh, in practice. So, oh, that's good. It's, it's huge that, you know, it's, we think it's a huge confidence boost. He said all the right things after that, but that's, uh, we'll see if this is just sort of a, uh, a fluke or not. Well, um, well, anyone who knows him, anyone who knows Colton, make sure, uh, you let him know that he's due to the week from, uh, from this map. Maybe that'll help boost the confidence as well. Only <laughs> that he also ripped off, uh, my guy, Max, the, whatever the German's Sh- name is. Shoots the little Your Your breakout dude of the week. The, you want to talk about him? The announcers were calling him Das Boot. <laughs> which is just a the misdirected nickname, but hey, whatever. Sure. Lichtenberg, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, you know, whatever. Uh, yeah, so so my dude of the week is uh, actually Scott Loeffler, Um which yeah, you probably didn't see coming. He's the offensive coordinator. I, yeah, I didn't see it coming. I like it. So he, I mean, give him all the credit in the world for for first off, uh, a lot of people were clamoring for Ryan Day to become the uh, offensive coordinator. Um, you know, Loeffler is unproven. He's had ups and downs with Virginia Tech, Auburn, historically, whatever. Uh, Ryan Day was one of the names that has floated as, hey, maybe that BC can hire him down the road. Uh, obviously, the former offensive coordinator under Spass. Uh, if you guys were watching the Ohio State game, Ryan Day is, is not going to be the guy for us. He was he was just and I, I, listen, nose pick is anonymous here, but he was just <laughs> he was going after it on television for a good ten seconds before they cut away. 
Um, so already Loeffler is playing with house money a little bit as long as he doesn't do that. Um, but on top of that, he, uh, you know, he really opened up the playbook, uh, but without, you know, throwing caution to the wind. He's got a, a freshman quarterback in there that, you know, so he had the initial pick over the middle and tight coverage. He sort of adapted the playbook a little bit. He stuck with the short outs to the flat, uh, sort of easy passes for, uh, for Brown to, to take care of. Um, and then even when, you know, it was clear that the line, that the offensive line wasn't doing a good job uh, protecting and couldn't run the ball, he started to move Brown around in the pocket. Uh, and also, I don't know who to credit for this, whether it's Daz or Loeffler, but, you know, going two for two on fourth down and, and really, you know, being assertive about it, not even thinking, uh, those are huge. Those are game-changing conversions they had. So, Scotty Loeffler, dude of the week. Let's keep it going. All right, I like that pick. Uh, and I think with that, we move into everybody's favorite game, Dude or Pood, brought to you by the Cleveland Circle Chipotle, uh, serving students neurovirus, uh, specifically Dennis Clifford, a few times in the last few years. And if Chipotle, anyone from Chipotle Corporate is, is listening to us, please don't sue us for using your name as a sponsor here. Uh, my dude of the week is going to be, or not dude of the week, just my dude for dude or poot is going to be Friday night road games. Uh, I don't like them at home, but it's a lot of fun on a Friday night. You know, you have, you're going out to a bar, uh, you know, everyone's there, you're kind of excited for it all week. You wear the game day polo to work. And it, the best part is that it gives you a stress-free Saturday. Uh, humble brag, I was you know, sitting at a, a, a luxury box Yankees Red Sox on Saturday, free food, free drink, you know, just just an awesome time. Uh, but even if you're sitting on your couch watching the full slate of, of college games, that's a phenomenal way to do it, too. So uh, don't like the Friday night games at home, but definitely a fan of them uh, on the road. Uh, my dude of the week is the, uh, the oh, shit. No, the dude of the week is Scott Loeffler. Yeah, dude. dude yeah. The dude of Pood, the dude portion of the dude of Pood is uh, having the names on the, the back of the jerseys. That's big time. Ah, I like that one. That's Tell you one. what. We are not Notre Dame. We're not the Yankees. Let's throw the fucking names on the back of the jerseys. Um, that's and I'll tell you what. That's all there is to it. It's nice having them there. You know who's making the tackles. Who's, you know, just an absolutely absolute liability on the defensive side. What what offensive linemen need to be benched. It's very helpful on the uh, you know on the on the journalism side as well. But let's not try to be something that we're not. And quite frankly, I think is stupid. So I tell you what, in a crowded bar, that just is that just is is everything that you need. Uh, that was that was that was a thrill to see the names back. So that's a, that's a very good dude from you there. Uh, my pood, and, and this is this is on me. I'll put my hand up for this. It's probably on you a little bit as well. Uh, my pood is drunk tweeting from the fourth and dude Twitter account over the course of Friday night. Uh, I think, like you mentioned, we definitely had a few cocktails both before, during, and uh, and after the game. Probably got a little too fast and loose with the Twitter account. Uh, overall, it didn't harm us too much. We gained about ten followers, but I'm gonna put my hand up on that. Uh, I messed up. I apologize. I'm not going to say it won't happen again, but I will. I will. I will own that as my pood uh, for this week. I do. I do just want to clarify that most of the bad tweets were were yours. I had a couple that's, actually. That's true. A couple of gems. Um, so something to think about going forward. Okay. Maybe maybe, sure. we, maybe I'm in control of the, the Twitter account. We'll see. We'll, we'll talk I about guess it. after 9 p.m. or so. Uh, my, offline. my my pood is uh, the the ginger quarterback 60 yard run. See redhead. Feels like he's a red. Yeah, no, he was. Yeah, okay. I tweeted about that actually. So thanks for following. Yeah, that's probably a great tweet. Uh, the 60-yard run he had to set up the first touchdown was an abomination. I didn't realize it until I, I rewatched the uh, the highlight. You had it was a play action. Your job as a defensive end, if you're Zach Allen, is to make sure that no one gets outside of you running the ball, right? And uh, that's exactly what he did. He left a huge gap, wide open in the middle. This guy wasn't even a. He's not even a, a dual threat. He shouldn't have been. 
he was that night, obviously. Um, but I've never seen defensive line play that that bad. You also had Strahan, who would drop back in coverage, and Yidem that were seemingly blocking uh, the receivers the wrong way. It was just a very interesting uh, highlight. Uh, we'll send out the gift because it's uh, it's pretty entertaining. But you know that that was a the big momentum changer. Like I said, set up their first touchdown. So uh, you know, hopefully we can uh, we can improve upon that. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, says due to food. Let's uh, start talking about Wake. All right, awesome. So uh, again, I'll start it off like last week with a fun fact. Uh, I'll be honest, Wake, you know, they're a very peer school to us. I think both in you know academically and, and, and kind of a personality wise. I think that you know a lot of Wake students would fit in at BC and vice versa. So there's not a lot of uniqueness to them, like some you know state school in, in uh, the Midwest, like Northern Illinois. Uh, so with that, I, I didn't find a lot of good stuff out of their fun facts. They're kind of vanilla. But I guess I'm going to officially enter as my fun fact of the week. Uh, they originally opened as Wake Forest Manual Labor Institute in 1834, which is a just a tremendously catchy title, by the way, for uh, for 1834. Probably got a lot of students uh, in on name alone there. Uh, but as part of being a student or staff at the Wake Forest Manual Labor Institute, they required students and staff to spend half of each day doing manual labor. Uh, very interesting business model. I guess uh, that's probably in lieu of spending fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year. You could say that's a fair trade-off, doing half-day manual labor. Uh, but that, I guess, would be the funnest fact I have on on Wake Forest. Yeah, I tell you what, that would never fly in this uh, millennial economy that we have uh, these days. But uh, so that's a good one. Uh, probably not as good as mine. Uh, it's Winston Salem, so not affiliated with Wake. I couldn't find any any Wake Forest fun facts. <laughs> Uh, I searched really hard. Went for the full, I went to the second page of Google, to be honest. Um, but Winston-Salem, North Carolina, is the site where Krispy Kreme donuts were invented back in 1937. Um, and just to, to bring it back to this millennium, uh, in 2005, they were actually investigated for accounting fraud and had to restate nearly $30 million in, in revenues. Hmm. Um, so don't love that. They were, uh, they were engaged. So you can see why that, would, what, why that would pique your interest. Yeah. So they, they, they had been doing some channel stuffing. Um, if you want to give you a quick accounting lesson, it's basically no, set, no thanks. It's basically sending products, <laughs> sending products to customers that don't that don't want them as a way to inflate your profits at the end of the quarter. Um, it's, it's highly illegal, um, but I'll tell you, it is it is legal in college football. Um, not not that the, the BC defense knew that uh, last. Hang year, on, real so. qu- real quick, real quick, couldn't you argue that we're technically channel stuffing by sending our podcast out to people who don't want to listen to it? Is that uh, something yes. we should be concerned about? Uh, that sounds like a new segment to me, Matt. Okay, shoot. Okay, well, we'll revisit that. Uh, we'll, we'll talk to our accountants. Uh, that was a fun fact, again, an asterisk because it was Winston-Salem, not Wake Forest, but it is what it is. Uh, with that, let's, ro- let's roll into the uh, notable alumni. This week we're going to do a starting five plus a six-man, uh, just really so we get three and three and it's balanced. That's that's the only reason, and there's really nothing else that, that goes with six. So starting right, five the, plus, plus six-man. Let's do the snake draft. I'll go yep, first. Yep, snake draft. You go and first. we'll see what happens. Okay. All right. Uh, actually, I'll go for no. I'll, let's choose the snake draft. Let's do it as we yep. as we discussed. All right. Yeah. Uh, Muggsy Bogues. Okay. So you know that I normally don't like to go to basketball players or he's, athletes in general, oh, but well, he's fine. An, he's an actor. Um, yeah. Okay. That's fair. So Muggsy Bogues um, is the actor that you know everyone really enjoyed in Space Jam. Really stole the performance, in my opinion. Him and Sean Bradley. Um, he did have uh, you know a stint in the NBA. He's the the shortest player of all time. Um, but more importantly, he, he led the Charlotte Sting, which is WNBA franchise, to a 14-30 and 30 record. Um, oh, that's a good the, season. Before the team folded in January 2007. Um, but he's, he's a deacon. Okay. Um, uh, 
So I get two now. I'm going to go. Yep. My first one's going to be Lee Norris. He played Minkus on Boy Meets World. Yes, that was uh, on my list as well. I think everyone loves Minkus. That's just a, an all-time character. And then I'm going to go my second, Arnold Palmer, uh, with a third overall pick. Too soon. The greatest of all time. Too, Too soon. soon. Rest in peace. What else? You know, they, they've produced actually a lot of golfers. None of, none of them are on my list, so Arnold Palmer will kind of represent all of uh, Wake Forest golf. Yeah, I think they had Webb Simpson, a couple of the Haas Webb brothers. Simpson, yep, yep, exactly. Um, PGA guy over here. So you, you go again. Oh, no, you went twice. No, I went twice. I went twice. Okay. Uh, so now I go now. So I have uh, Eddie Timonis, um, who was a – he's a sports writer for USA Today, which isn't, you know, that impressive. More impressively, um, he was the first ever contestant to appear on Jeopardy, um, and he was blind. So huh. he actually, he won five straight and get this. He won $69,000. Oh um, man. And back in the, the days That's of, ni- too good. back in the days of 1999, um, when you won five straight, you had to retire. So he retired a champ. Um, and for USA today, he actually is in charge of compiling the coaches poll results. So, um, when you see the BC hmm. after they beat, I don't know. After they beat Clemson week four and they're not, uh, they're not ranked. You have him to blame. Cue those jokes. So, this is, uh, I don't know if this is insensitive, but it seems like it would not be the best disability for someone to have who's counting poll results. <laughs> is that just me or? I'll back it up. No, I'll back it up. It, being blind, by the way, is in vogue now. Shout out to the USC long snappers. So that's in the news. So five-time Jeopardy, uh, getting on the notable alumni and, and snapping for USC. So congrats to, congrats to those guys. Well, when, you, when you're blind, too, your other senses actually you know, get better. So True, um, true. Maybe he's using his sense of smell to, to know that BC does not have what it takes to break the top 25. Uh, okay. My next Fair one point. is uh, Richard Burr. There's another guy you probably hadn't heard of, but he's a, uh, he's a senator of North Carolina. Um, anytime you enter the, the political Ooh, sphere as a Burr, you're going to get tossed in the likes of Aaron Burr. Whew, it turns out he's actually a direct descendant of. Um, okay. He refuted that claim. He said he's he thinks he's actually only a descendant of Aaron Burr's sister, um, or actually Aaron Burr's brother. However, historians say that Burr does not have a brother and only has a sister, so that story doesn't check out. So, so Dick Burr um, is, uh, is number five on my uh, alums there. Oh, hey, a politician is lying. What else is new? Nice one. Got him. Stick to sports. Okay, so uh, sixth man. I've got a couple good options here. I'm going to officially put my vote in for Marmaya Angelou is going to get my official vote for sixth man. I think that she fits the sixth man position as well because I I have to imagine she wouldn't be too much of a force on the – on the court, wouldn't get too much playing time, but definitely be a good locker room presence to kind of get the the boys fired up with some nice pros. Oh, okay, and just to, just to jump in, I don't think she's actually an alum. So just she's not. She's a faculty okay. member, so but that, I'm going to count Wake that. Wake Forest alums. Okay, if, she, fine, if she's if she's if she's uh, you know not uh, allowed by the NCAA or whatever, uh, I'll go with David Chase, the writer, director, and producer of The Sopranos. Keep it in the arts. But overall, good, oh, good, <laughs> a good, a good alumni. I think it's a good alumni from uh, Wake Forest. They have a guy worth sixteen point seven billion, which is pretty good. Uh, Brian Piccolo from Brian's song, rest in peace. Well, another one too uh, soon. Wow, you're really uh, on a tear today, Matt. Yeah, uh, Billy Packer, the CBS commentator, who I actually think I don't like, but overall, I got some good, got some good names. Definitely is Ken, not Northern Illinois. Ken so Thomas, overall, who's the, the former CEO of Wachovia. If you know anything about uh, Little League baseball. Uh, when I was a youngster, our team was sponsored by Wachovia. We won the the pitchers coach championship. Um, so Ken has a lot of lot of uh, you know accomplished lived a very accomplished life. So all right, so I think I'm going to move on. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to move on. <laughs> I'm going to move on to the tailgate ability rankings. So last week we did the travel ability rankings, which of course was ranking 
uh, basically one out of five RVs of, of uh, how worthy of a road trip it is to go on. We're going to change up the rules a little bit for the tailgate ability rankings, which is essentially going to be for home games, um, you know, how worth it is it to go up and actually tailgate, how excited are you for it. So uh, different score than the travel ability rankings. We're going to go one out of 10, and the quantity is going to be 30 packs of Natty. So one out of 10, 30 why don't packs we go, of Natty. Why don't we go one out of 30? One out of, okay, that makes more sense. One yeah, out of 30, go, Natty. Let's go one out of 30, yeah. Sure. And by the way, I was glad aware we, of this rule change, this. too. Yeah, glad glad why don't you go this. ahead? Because I'll tell you what I've written down. Why don't you go first? Okay. So my, my, my reason for my score, it's going to be supposed to be high 60s and sunny. It's the home opener. It's the ACC opener. It's a winnable game. Uh, first day of beer and alumni, which I think will kind of have a little bit of a, you know, everyone will be excited for that. Uh, and then the biggest reason I have is is we're 1-0, and undefeated pregames are by far the best pregames. There's definitely a little bit of an air of excitement when you still have, you know, 12-0 and in front of you or, you know, a tremendous season in front of you versus when you're going late in the year and you're 3-6 and six and just kind of everyone's down and you're just there for the uh, tailgate. There's definitely a little added excitement around the team. So with all that said, I'm going to go – then we got to do my math here because I was 7.6 out of 10, which would be 21. Uh, Carry the six. 22.8. 22.8 out yeah, of 30. Yeah, very good. You got it. Okay. Um, all right. So what I have written down under the tailgate, tailgate ability rankings is the hill in left field, um, which obviously doesn't exist at Alumni. But Wake Forest, I did some research on the Wake Forest Stadium. They have a, they have a hill uh, behind the uh, one of the end zones. Um, which I I was just thinking that would be kind of cool, kind of unique uh, a way to to make it seem like you actually have fans. You fill up that hill, you fill up you know the other people on the either side sideline. Um, I'm struggling here because I this doesn't. Fit I think into you the I think you misunderstood. I think you misunderstood the assignment, Matt. Right, right. The question is, is is out of thirty welcome, out of thirty welcome beers, to my undergrad life. Out of thirty uh, beers, how excited would you be to tailgate on Saturday? Yeah, so I had the hill in left field. So I'm going to go, if I convert that into, into math, I'm going to go, you know, it's Wake Forest. It's, I think you're pretty close. I think that because we're undefeated and we're not undefeated that often, I'm going to bump it up to about 24. I'm going to go 24 and a half uh, cold ones out of the okay. 30. All right, I love it. Um, so with that, we'll do the final 10 minutes here. We'll, we'll jump into, you know, some actual football talk, um, you know, kind of specifically how we match up, what to watch for, and then ultimately our predictions. Um, I'll just kind of start with some of the high-level numbers. I know, Matt, you'll, you'll get a little bit more into the details here. So uh, Wake Forest, what did they do last week? They're 1-0. Uh, they beat Presbyterian, which is an FCS school, 51-7. So, you know, obviously it's a big number, but you don't want to get too worked up. It is an FCS school. They have a strong defense. Bill Connolly, who's, you know, one of, like, this big stats guys, uh, ranked them as the 22nd-best defense in the country. Caveat there is that Bill Connolly also projected NIU to beat us last year so, or last week, so – uh, sucks some ass, Bill Connolly. You're wrong. I believe you're wrong with the defense. Their star to watch on the defense, at least, is Duke. Uh, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, but Duke EGO4. Just call him Okafor. I'm going to call him Duke Okafor. Duke Okafor had 10 and a half sacks last year. Uh, that's a little concerning after what we saw out of our line last week, especially with the rumor of the John Baker injury. I don't know where that stands, but that would be no bueno if we had a 260 pound freshman uh, in its center against their line. Their offense kind of has two QBs. John Wolford's a, John Wolford is a starter brother of former BC fullback Bobby Wolford. Uh, both had nice days against Presbyterian. Again, it's and, Presbyterian. And John Wolford's entering his uh, 14th year of eligibility. Yeah, he's been there for a while. He's like a pit basketball player. They just kind of well, go for 20 and, years and, and then and have I'll, to leave. I'll tell you what, since 06, it, and, and Mike Forrest is famous for this, they've only had two quarterbacks since 2006. That's 11 years. Um, they had They had... Wolford and then Riley Skinner before him also had uh, 
I think not eight eight years of eligibility. So yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, good on them for longevity. and then and, and then the only other thing I'll I'll, I'll say what to watch for uh, before Timmy let you dive in here is uh, I'm excited to see about beer and alumni. We're not going to the game, but uh, I'm interested to see from a fan's perspective and just kind of hearing on Twitter what the effect is going to have on atmosphere and attendance. And I'm also excited to learn about or excited slash nervous to learn about what it's going to be for price, locations, how many stations, what the lines are going to be like, et cetera. My guess is that we're going to go $6 for a domestic, and there's only going to be about three stations on the bottom floor, and they're all going to be as far away from the student and young, young alumni section as possible, which uh, is unfortunate, but uh, interesting to see how, uh, how that's all going to shape up first week. Yeah, should be interesting. Are we? Uh, I think we're heading back to Dewey's. I think they had a good enough show. We're probably going to, for the New York crew, we're probably going to head back to Dewey's yeah, I think that's on definitely Saturday right morning. Point. Um, but yeah, no, it should, should be interesting. Interested to hear, uh, anyone that is going to the game, how the, how the tailgating and the beers and all that fit in. Yeah. Shoot us a tweet. Shoot us a tweet at fourth and dude, uh, fourth and dude at twitter.com. Uh, if you happen to be up there and have any insight on, on how that all looks. So wake is obviously in the, uh, ACC Atlantic. So we play them every year. Um, we had that ugly three Oh defeat, uh, 2015. And we're not going to talk about uh, last year's game is probably a better representation of where both teams are at this year. BC ended up winning 17-14 to 14, um, in a game that I don't really think we had much business winning. Um, you know, we trailed 14-10 to 10, uh, until Sweeney. Sweeney had a big touchdown reception with eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Um, but they they absolutely kicked our ass as far as, you know, offensive, uh, offense goes. Um, they doubled us on, on rushing yards, pretty much did the same on receiving. Um if it wasn't for Landry, who had three sacks, four, four and a half tackles for a loss, as well as a tip ball that uh, resulted in a, in a pick in Wake territory, um, as well as Miles Willis, who forced a fumble on a punt return and then converted that into a touchdown. By the way, just um, a quick, quick, quick shout out to Miles Willis. I think that guy is uh, not from a necessarily talent perspective, just an all-time eagle. I just absolutely love DC in and out from literally the minute he committed, like. Fall semester of his of his junior year, the guy was just tweeting nonstop about BC, recruiting other people to come BC. So, uh, shout out to Miles Willis, honorary dude of the week. Can we do that? I don't know; it's a little retroactive, but yeah, I'll allow it. I'll allow okay. it. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Um, but you know, when you look at this game uh, last year, you don't want to read too much into it. But at the same time, I mean, they they retained a lot of the, their players from both sides of the ball. We're a different team, but you know, <laughs> I love what we saw last week. So maybe we're not that different you know net wise um but but they dominated last year we have to play a lot better hillman last year had uh, six carries for eight yards so that bodes well um you know based on what we've seen from him they do have uh, duke okafor and it's also this other guy zeke rodney um you know kind of plugging up the middle there so i'm, I'm hopeful that loffler you know has another creative type of uh, playbook in mind here otherwise uh we might be in trouble so yeah um, i I agree. I mean, I think I think the passing attack needs to be what we want the passing attack to be. But I, I ultimately think it's going to come down to what happens in the trenches. I think that, you know, and, and not even just from a run perspective, but if, if our line can't get any push at all and, and Brown has to throw it every, you know, half a second, uh, we're going to be in for a long night. So we at, at a minimum need protection and in a perfect world. We get some uh, we get some push in the run game and then vice versa on the defensive side. Obviously, Wolford's experience has been there for a while, but we, we have to get pressure. And both of these guys are mobile QBs. Uh, we need to spy a quarterback at some point. I think it's going to happen. I mean, we just we we have to stop letting the mobile quarterbacks uh, 
you know, take advantage of us for, you know, 40 yards, 40 yard carries at a time. It's a complete momentum changer. So my hope is that whoever's calling the shots, the defensive end, whether it's Jim Reed or it's Paul P, someone figures it out. Um, we cannot lose, lose the game on the defensive side of the ball against someone like this. One other player to watch is, uh, their tight end, Get his name actually. Samage Syringe? Sir, some uh, some uh, some uh, not gonna work here anymore. <laughs> he uh, he's kind of a beast over the middle. Like he had a, a TD or two in their in their first game. It's Presbyterian, but he also had a TD against us last year. Um, so someone's gotta keep an eye on him as well. So I I'll give you my prediction. I think it's gonna be really close. I don't have a, a great feeling about it. Uh, my score is seventeen sixteen. Uh, BC pulls it out with. Uh, Probably there's a safety thrown in there somewhere. Um, <laughs> it's going to be a tight game. It's going to be a defensive game with a couple of big plays that break out. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think we're I think we're off the same page. I don't have a great feeling, but having said that, we are on the road to ten and two, uh, and I don't really see how we get there without without beating Wake Forest. So uh, very similar score. I'm going seventeen to thirteen. I think it. You know, like I said, I think it all comes down to the O-line. Uh, they, again, at a minimum, need to give Brown some time back there to, to do what he can do and, and uh, you know, keep the defense off the field. And, you know, hopefully we get a little home field advantage, a little home cooking, obviously, Friday night and, and going out to a chilly uh, Northern Illinois is probably a little different game routine than, than what the boys are used to. So hopefully this will be a sense of normalcy. ACC play, obviously, we've had very competitive, uh, you know, with Wake Forest over the past couple of years. So hopefully that continues. 17 to 13 is my number. Get two and zero going into Notre Dame, which is uh, sure to be an exciting week. One way, one you know, one way or the other. Well, st- one one week at a time. One week at a time. From a, a time. Uh, from a gambling standpoint, I'm not I'm not touching this one. I think BC's favored by a couple points, um, which I I'm not taking that. I, I will take the under. Um, I accidentally took the over last week. Uh, had a had a couple cold ones when I was uh, deciding which which side I was going to take. Meant to take the under. Missed the button. Took the over. Gonna try sure. to uh, re- regroup this week. Probably and, uh, did, probably did not work out so well for you. No, no, I didn't. Yeah. No, it didn't work out. So, uh, but yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, obviously, go Eagles. But uh, you know, after last week, <laughs> you can only be as optimistic as uh, as the offensive line allows you to be. So we'll see here. Definitely. Uh, so I think that about wraps it up. Again, obviously, a, a good week. One and zero is better than zero and one. We are undefeated. That's a nice feeling to have. Uh, and I think we're we're you know. Feeling excited about going into next week, so hopefully everyone enjoyed it. Like always, send us your feedback to Fourth and Dude. Check out the site Fourth and Dude Podcast. I'm sorry, Fourth and Dude They are our, our title sponsor, so be sure to check them out. Give them some pages. Definitely a lot of good contact over the course of the week. And uh, thanks for listening. And, and go Eagles! And it's always a great day to be a dude.
all about Meeting new faces A smile on your face And you can't erase it What are we doing now? Uh, uh, we're breaking it down. Uh.